there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the... Here's a cross-ice pass, landed it, put it on, and a rebound goal. Ricochet out in front. Another power play goal. And here's Hedman. Jernak still not on the bench. They're playing with five defenses. Spencer Hedman scores with the backhand. And Tampa Bay has the crowd back into it now. <laughs> well, we know there won't be a, much of a Tampa Bay crowd tonight in Denver. Not much. And it's going to be all abs. I, I, I think tickets are going for in the secondary market for like $1,700, $1,800 to get in tonight. For game five, or yeah, game five. That's sorry. so crazy. Well, you know when when you have a chance to win the Stanley Cup and it's your team, you want to be in the building, okay? So uh, I'm not surprised it's a tough ticket, and we will see what happens. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Friday edition of Vegas Hockey Hotline. We made it to the end of the week. Steve Carp with. Chris Johnson, uh, Dana is still on vacation. He'll be back on Monday, and I don't know if we'll have uh, any more hockey for him to watch when he gets back. But uh, we do have hockey tonight, and one of our good friends, Andy Isco from the Logical Approach, who's a big hockey fan. I believe he's like me, an Islander fan. He will be on shortly to discuss what could be the final game in the season. Chris, you're pretty convinced that. This is it. There's handshakes and a cup being awarded tonight. There's handshakes and a cup being awarded to Colorado tonight. I am fully on board with that. I think, like I said, it's going to be a 3-1 to one game. I think Kemper's going to lock down Tampa today. I think he finally has enough confidence behind his team to be like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure we win tonight. I don't think he's gonna give he's gonna give Vasilevsky a, a show. All right, tonight. Well, we are uh, broadcasting from the Brian Blessing Studio here at KSHP Radio in Las Vegas, and I know if Brian was still with us, he would be really fired up for tonight because anytime you can award a Stanley Cup, it's an exciting evening. Oh yeah, in the hockey world. So uh, let us bring Andy Isco in from the Logical Approach. Andy, a good friend of the show for many, many years, uh, who has a very good opinion, by the way, about the sport of hockey. Andy, good morning. Um, is this it? Is this the end of hockey until October, or are we going to have a game six in Tampa this weekend? Well, Steve, before the series began, I felt Colorado had the overall edge, except at goalie, but Tampa Bay has the experience edge as two-time defending champions, and that's worth an awful lot, but it you know, at what point does that experience edge sort of peter out? You know, in the early rounds, the experience edge counts, but, you know, you now have the two-time defending champions on the verge of elimination, this being the first elimination game. And so I basically uh, so I, I played the total over in game one. I backed uh, Tampa at the attractive price to even the series in game two. That Whoops. did not happen. Whoops. Came back with Tampa in game three at that basically pick em price, and they made it then a 2-1 series. Sat out game four 
because I felt game four could go either way and would be the telling point as to how the rest of the series would unfold. And you know, that was a game that Tampa Bay easily could have or perhaps should have won yes. and to even the series and make it a best of three. Now it's three to one. Tampa Bay still has that experience edge, but Colorado also has now the uh, the the edge in knowing that they can wrap up the series and avoid having yeah. to go to Tampa Bay, give Tampa Bay some momentum, work uh, the Lightning to win tonight, and then playing game six at home. I think it ends tonight with Colorado hoisting the cup. As far as betting the, uh, uh, the game tonight... <laughs> I just don't like laying that kind of price. Yeah, it's a buck uh, seventy-five. It's the yeah. STN app. But the, the top line makes sense because if Colorado is on the verge, at what you know what the, what the score would be, even if it's a one-goal game, at what point does Tampa Bay pull the goalie in the desperation attempt, and that's where you get the empty net opportunities. Correct. And I, I, I I'd be shocked if this were a one-sided game, but I could certainly see Colorado backed by the home crowd having all the energy and you know you mentioned uh, I heard it with Chuck in the last uh, half hour about how Tampa Bay looks tired keep in mind that and it's, it's especially true in basketball and hockey and that as you have success over an extended period of time in the playoffs you're playing additional games and you right. go back to Tampa Bay's recent history they're two-time uh, cup champions you know they've probably played in the past couple of seasons the equivalent the equivalent of perhaps a third to an extra half full season uh, right. that uh, most of the other teams have not come close to playing. And and their recovery time each year has been brief. You know, although, yeah, the, you know, pandemic, sure. well, when they won in the bubble, you know, the next season didn't start till January. So they did have some time to rest up. But honestly, it takes a toll on you. It doesn't matter if you're a young team. I mean, they've had a hard they've had a hard run through this playoff. You know, they had to rally to beat Toronto. They were down... O two to the Rangers. I mean, it. You know, their only breather, so to speak, quote unquote, was when they swept Florida, and and even some of those games were competitive. So I I think that you know they are a tired hockey team. I do think it is caught up with them. They're very banged up. You know, they've blocked a ton of shots, and and those hurt. <laughs> it hurts to block a shot, and and while the Avalanche also have, you know, some injury issues. Nothing close to what Tampa Bay has. I don't know if Braden Point is in the lineup tonight. I think he's still listed questionable. Yeah, so, you know, Cooper very rarely says it. You know, obviously you gotta you got to track it on Twitter to see what the, the beat writers are saying and from what they see at the morning skate. But remember, just because you don't skate in the morning doesn't mean you're not skating in the evening. So let's see what happens uh, as game time approaches, and we'll see if Braden Point takes warm-ups because I think it – at, at this juncture of the series, if he can try to go, he should go. Whether he helps them or not, I think it would just give them another body and, and maybe give them an emotional lift having one of their best players out there. Yeah, a little more confidence as well, and uh, you know that's again where experience comes in. And you know, when I make a play, I always respect the side that I'm playing against. In this case, Tampa Bay. But when I look at the overall, uh, let's call it non-talent factor surrounding it, most of them in this situation seem to support Colorado. Yeah. Chris, did you have a thought about uh, tonight? I did you want to share with Andy? I just look, Andy. I feel like this one, right? Just Tampa Bay has that championship pedigree. They look tired, though. 
Colorado got a second burst of energy, it felt like, when they came to the finals this year. They've, they're they hungry, it looks like. They get to win. They can get a chance to win at home. I mean, I don't see Tampa Bay putting up a fight in this game. I really don't. Even if you have Braden Point out there and he gives a little bit of a morale boost, I don't think it's going to be as close of a game as it might, as people think it might be. I think it's going to be Colorado dominating into the third period, being up 2-1. I think it's going to be an empty netter when they get desperate in the third period. I think it's going to be a 3-1 game. I just don't see Tampa Bay really being able to stop this team that just seems so hungry to win this this cup and be at home while doing it. Well, I'm also perplexed as to do as to what, if anything, to do with the total because this is the first elimination game, and I normally look under before I look over in elimination games, and I'll be interested to see what the approach is. Who's aggressive at the start? You know, if Colorado gets out to an early lead, if they score the first goal, well, then they can be even more aggressive. If Tampa Bay scores the first goal, mm-hmm. then I think they try to slow the pace down and becomes right. more of a defensive game, so it may very well hinge also the total on who scores first. Here's how Tampa wins tonight. Vasilevsky turns back the clock, stands on his head, steals the game. Yeah. That's the only way they're winning That's tonight. That's much it. It is, because they can't skate with this team. We've seen that now over four games. They are not fast enough, and they're not deep enough. But uh, as Brian Blessing used to say, Tampa Bay has one foot in the grave, the other on a banana peel, doesn't it, Andy? <laughs> yeah, that's certainly the expression he popularized, and I think it's... I'd like a uh, dollar for every time he said that over the years. I wish I had a nickel for every time he did. Yeah, well, I'd take a dollar. We're in an inflationary, uh, yeah, inflationary period. economy right now. <laughs> All right, Andy, uh, what about... Let, let's, let's come closer to home. Uh, we haven't gotten your thoughts about the firing of Peter DeBoer, the hiring of Bruce Cassidy, the apparently uh, retaining of Riley Smith, and and obviously the injuries sustained and, and the subsequent surgeries for Mark Stone on his back, Robin Leonard for his shoulder and maybe his knee, and, and a couple of other Golden Knights. Uh, just now that you've had maybe some time to digest all of this, what what are your thoughts about the Golden Knights as we head towards September and and the start of training camp for Vegas? Well, one thing I thought was, uh, and this goes back to the uh, Mark Andre Fleury uh, uh, jettisoning. I thought that was a bad move at the time because I thought it would affect the chemistry within the locker room, and there'd be head scratching throughout. And then the overall tinkering with the roster I thought was a little bit too much from last year uh, to this year. And of course, that was all compounded uh, by all the injuries that they endured. But you know, teams have injuries; they overcome them. Some don't. Uh, I, it's sort of related to this is of the four major sports, it's my impression that hockey seems to have the most frequent turnover of all the sports, and I'm sort of wondering why that is, because it takes time for teams to develop with a new coach and a new style. I thought that DeBoer did about as well as he could with the talent and the challenges that he had, but I was not surprised uh, by the uh, by the firing, because the Knights had been built over the years since making it to the finals for a team that could contend and should contend for the Stanley Cup uh, every year. But 
that doesn't always play out the form, and this year they didn't make the playoffs, and they ended up making the change. Now, in him getting Cassidy, I think that's a good hire. He had great success in Boston. I was somewhat surprised that uh, he's not with Boston anymore. Uh, how that will translate into how the Knights perform, if there'll be a little period of adjustment, it's hard to say, but they made the move early enough, so they've got an entire summer to uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, integrate his philosophy into the roster makeup, but this is still a team with an awful lot of talent, and it's a team that doesn't, I think, need to make many changes, although there's still that overriding concern about the goalie situation that I think needs to be uh, finalized or established heading into training camp. Well, the important thing will be uh, how healthy will Leonard be, or will he need more time and miss the start of the season on October 11th, as the NHL has announced that the season will start next year on October 11th. And uh, I think that's a big thing because, yeah, they got Logan Thompson, but remember, he's only played, what, 20 games, I think, in the NHL in his, uh, in his short career with Vegas. So he's still kind of learning. And, and while, yeah, he may very well be their goaltender in the future, he's still kind of in that transitional phase from the AHL to the NHL. Well, also, the the limited games he played, he also played a lot of those games in, I guess for lack of a better phrase, pressure situations down the stretch and largely did extremely well, gaining a little bit of confidence. I'm sure learning during the offseason some of the things that he needs to uh, uh, to work on. Yeah, Leonard is, uh, is, is, well, he and DeBoer had their issues. Maybe with that yeah. behind him, he also can enter the uh, the upcoming season when healthy with a greater deal of confidence, especially if Cassidy chooses him as the go-to guy. Well, I, I said I said uh, last week that maybe the most important sit-down that Bruce Cassidy will have will be with Robin Leonard yes. to make sure that they are on the same page. Apparently, Riley Smith must have liked what he heard when he talked to Cassidy because – he has agreed to stay and not hit the open market next month on July 13th, which I thought was very important for the Golden Knights. Now, of course, they still have some salary cap things to deal with in order to get their RFAs signed and if they want to keep Matias Yamark, who is also unrestricted. But I think keeping Riley Smith in Vegas was a very good move for the team, and obviously Riley wants to be here. And I think what you get with him is you get – a steady performer who's really good in the locker room, who's liked by his teammates and is liked by the fan base and gives you an honest effort every night he's on the ice. Yeah, I think it's important to be not just liked but respected uh, by your teammates. And I think you know all teams were, but I think the Knights especially were hit by the uh, the COVID-related non-adjustment in the uh, salary cap, which they had planned for, you know, for a few years before. And COVID comes out of new- nowhere and uh, you know adjusts the plans of all teams. But I think the Knights were amongst the teams that were extremely hurt hard by that. Yeah, there's no question the injuries took their toll on Vegas. And you know what? It's funny, remember in March when they lost those five games, you know, including the ones to Buffalo and Columbus on the road? You know, if they yeah. win one or two of those, they make the playoffs. And maybe we're not having this conversation about Pete DeBoer and Bruce Cassidy. You know, maybe Bruce yeah. Cassidy's coaching in Detroit. 
Well, you know, I I was thinking while you were talking with Chuck and the the odds adjustments for the NBA. You know, that one name still out there in the NHL, uh, Barry Trotz. Now I've, yeah. I've you know heard the discussions that are apparently going on with him and Winnipeg, him and Detroit. I'm wondering once he decides, assuming he does decide, let's say one of those two teams, if just his mere presence as the coach would cause Chuck and others to adjust the uh, uh, the Stanley Cup odds for those teams. Now it wouldn't be as much for Detroit because that's a non-contending team, but Winnipeg, I think, could make a difference. Yeah, you know, and speaking of Winnipeg, were you a little surprised to see Paul Maurice hired in Florida? I was. Yeah, and again, it goes back to what I was sort of alluding to on the side, and that is the impatience that a lot of these, uh, uh, whether it be the general manager or the ownership from above, uh, have with with jettisoning coaches as quickly as they have. Now, maybe it's something that I'm just focusing on now because we're we're dealing with all the changes in the NHL rapidly after the end of the regular season, but it certainly seems to me that a lot of these teams that had made progress, even though they didn't advance Mm -hmm. as far as they were expected to, some of these teams are getting closer, and now they're having to reset and go back to zero, so I was surprised with uh, the change. You're right. You're listening to Vegas Hockey Hotline here on KSHP. Our guest, Andy Isco from The Logical Approach. Andy, uh, you and I are both Islander fans. Um, I'm still a little puzzled as to why Lou let Barry Trotz go. I I think I know why, because I think he was having some communication issues with Matt Barzal and, and with Oliver Wallstrom. But, you know, Lane Lambert is not a new voice in that room. I mean, he's been around that room as long as Barry was. Uh, I just thought it was really interesting that the Isles uh, let Barry go. And I I also think, though, they're a team to watch next season because they're not going to have that 13-game road trip to start the year. They're going to play a more conventional schedule. And they they could add a couple of pieces in, in free agency. And they made a little run late in the season this past year, yeah. although even at the time that they made the run, it didn't look like it was going to be successful. So I think that, uh, yeah, that start of the season last year was extremely, extremely cruel. Uh, that's behind them now, and well, they'll yeah. make a few additions in, in free agency, as you suggest. And I think that they are a team that should at least uh, at least make the playoffs, and especially uh, considering uh, uh, their opposition a few miles down the road uh, in Manhattan mm-hmm. uh, had uh, success season last year and looks like they are uh, poised to uh, uh, continue getting better. I was going to ask you, do the Rangers continue their upward trajectory or are they going to bounce and and maybe uh, fall back a little bit like the Knicks did? So, so much of it depends on the goaltending that was, you know, outstanding this yeah. year, and uh, you know they get that kind of effort and tweak a little bit. I think the Rangers are are well positioned. I saw that uh, Bergeron is back with Boston. I think that yeah. was sort of a fifty-fifty well, yeah. proposition. Yeah, and Chicago hired a coach, Luke Richardson. Um, I was a little surprised they moved on from Derek King. I thought he did a decent job when he took over early in the year. You know that franchise has been dealing with a lot of stuff off the ice. Obviously, and uh, you know, and they're an old team. They're trying to transition to youth, and Chuck is worried that Alex DeBrinkett will not be with them. He's a talented guy, and and I think he would be a coveted player for a lot of NHL teams. But uh, we are seeing, as we get closer to the draft, teams are trying to kind of stabilize their front offices, their coaching staffs, and what have you, and. Um, 
I don't know if Winnipeg is ultimately going to get Barry Trotz. I don't know if he really wants to coach. Maybe if they give him a piece of, of management where he's like the assistant GM to Kevin Shevel day off, as well as head coach, he accepts that. Or maybe he looks to Nashville where he was for years and become David Poyle's assistant with the idea that when Poyle retires, he moves into the GM's chair. I, I think, you know, when you get let go after winning a Stanley Cup. Well, he wasn't let go. He just wasn't, you know, retained. He, he wasn't given an extension in Washington. And then you have success in New York where you go to the conference finals two straight years. And and then you you let go the year after. I mean, it makes you wonder, do you really want to keep coaching in this league? Uh, I, I <laughs> did read, and I don't remember if it was Winnipeg or Detroit. I thought it may have been Detroit where apparently they had already had discussions with a plan of succession that when he, he does step down from coach, he does get into the GM role. Uh, as, as, as Well, he'd be Eisenman's assistant. He wouldn't be the GM. Eisenman's not going anywhere in Detroit. Well, it, yeah, I, I think it would be sort of as an assistant or a co or something along those lines, but I did hear those. I think it was those discussions. So that may also be part of it. But you also said... Maybe he just wants to take some time off and see how things settle out after yeah. next year. There are coaching openings every year. I wouldn't blame him. I mean, it's not a matter of money. He's got you know four million coming to him, so there's four million reasons why he doesn't need to coach next year and, and go and, through. And all. we've seen coaches do that in all sports. We saw Dick Vermeil suffer that burnout, and then yeah. he went to the broadcast booth, came back a few years later, and uh, won a Super Bowl after he did. So uh, it's not uh, it's not unprecedented to take time off. Maybe and you know sometimes you go to the you go to the, the the booth, and you see the game from a different perspective, and that sometimes helps you when you return to coaching. Absolutely. Andy Isco from The Logical Approach is our guest here on Vegas Hockey Hotline. I'm Steve Karp, uh, along with Moose Johnson. Andy, before we go to break, real quick, I just want to talk to you about the growth of betting on hockey in this country. Obviously, with uh, sports betting legalized in, was it now, 27 states, I think, and the District of Columbia where they actually have a sports book at the arena where the Capitals play. Um, how much do you think that has helped boost viewership of hockey on TV? I'm sure ESPN and TNT have played a role in that coming over from NBC and NBC Sports Network. But how much do you think betting has uh, played a role in, in growing the game? I think it's done exactly what it's done for all the sports and that we could see it uh, oh, 20 years ago that if they ever legalized sports betting, it would be generating a huge amount of interest. A huge amount of interest generates into a huge amount of betting, and that in turn translates into a viewership. And I think that ESPN recognized that when they got back into it after being out for so many years. I was maybe a little bit surprised that TNT decided to become a broadcast partner as well, but they certainly seem to have fared well, especially uh, during their playoff uh, uh, telecast, and then when you take a look at all the betting options that have now been offered, really in all sports, but you know you now have uh, routine betting options: first period, second period, yep. uh, third period, side and total. Uh, you've got will the game go to overtime? Three-way uh, betting like in options. soccer, yeah. They've they've, they've they've really increased the menu and and player props in these Stanley Cup games has been uh, enticing for better. So. Yeah, you're right. The menu has increased and, and will probably continue to grow. Andy, can you stay with us uh, until after the break? Sure. Great. Andy Isco from The Logical Approach is our guest on Vegas Hockey Hotline. Uh, we'll step out for a minute or two. We'll be back with Andy and uh, 
We'll talk a bit about broadcasting these uh, NHL playoffs and what his thoughts have been about the coverage. Back momentarily. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous steak bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at at any station, casino, or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Hey, 
All right, we're back. Second period at uh, Vegas Hockey Hotline here from the Brian Blessing Studio at KSHP. Steve Karp, along with DJ Moose. Andy Iska from The Logical Approach is uh, our guest. Before we get back to Andy, I have no clue what this is. It sounds like some <laughs> sort of Japanese jazz band. Yeah. Um, Am King- I even in the ballpark or not even close? So this band is King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. We've Hold played on. Whoa, slow. Yeah. King Gizzard. And the Lizard Wizard. And the Lizard Wizard. Yep. Now there's a tongue twister, Andy. Can you imagine... I know you don't have this on your iPod. Do you well, still have an that, iPod, by the way? <laughs> I, I still use it because of its great capacity to hold music, even though it's outdated. Okay, well, have you ever heard of these guys? <laughs> no, but I kind of like what was played, so I may look into them. They are a... See, aus- now there's a guy with an open mind. See, exactly. I love it. But uh, these guys are from Australia. Okay. They're they're a uh, they make all kinds of crazy music. Um, Butterfly three thousand is the album this is off of. Um, they had a different album uh, come out called um, Omnium Gatherium, and it's they have a they have a, they have a crazy like list. But they they make everything from rock to this type of music and to like just kind of like like even like hip hop stuff. So like they're a really okay. good band. I like them a lot. They play they play in a weird type of uh, type of music strand where it's not it's not just force. It's like yeah. it's like it's like eighths. Yeah. Repeat that name again. Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. I'm writing that down right now. Oh, Say perfect. that fast three times, <laughs> and I you'll can't. win. And you'll win a you'll win a, a cuddly teddy bear. Win a CD. Their latest CD. Um, their latest, their CD, latest CD was this year. They're coming out with three more this year. Um, oh, it is Omnium Gatherum. So it's it's on Spotify. It's a it's a brownish. Um, it's a brownish-looking album. Just pretty Google easy. it, Just Andy. Google up. You'll, you'll see their whole album. They have like 30 okay. albums. I'll tell you what. That is one of the great things about the Internet. It does give you access to a lot of music that you might never otherwise have heard of that you end up really liking. Right. Oh, I yeah. Know. Yeah. And and you know what? In, in a couple of months that Chris has been with us, he's he's helped broaden my musical horizon. I, I know there's more to life than Springsteen and, and some other stuff, but uh, he's... He's come up with some pretty cool stuff, i got to admit. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the hockey talk. Andy, uh, as you watch the playoffs on TV, you, you've seen two very different approaches to calling the game. You had TNT with that kind of NBC vibe of Kenny Albert, um, Edzo, and uh, Keith Jones. And then, you know, you have the ESPN model with... Sean McDonough, Ray Ferraro between the benches and that old Pierre Maguire thing with Emily Kaplan as the, well, for lack of better, you know, she's a ringside reporter. And then they use Brian Boucher between periods to help break things down. Which of the two coverages did you find more enjoyable? like both because of the contrast I was you know familiar with uh, let's say the 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 uh, ESPN format uh, you know from uh, years and years of seeing that format on so many different uh, uh, so many different carriers of the NHL but I also liked what TNT did as it was a little bit different and sort of gave a little bit of a different flavor to the game so I was switching back and forth depending you know especially in the early rounds when you had uh, uh, games on at the same time I really enjoyed them both because um, you know, it's easy to criticize, but sometimes it's just, hey, give it a try, and you may end up liking it, even though it's not what you're accustomed to. You know what I? You know what I've enjoyed is the USA uh, 
radio uh, broadcasts, whether it was John Forslund or whoever, along with um, Joe Micheletti, Pat's brother, I think they've been outstanding. You know, when I'm in my car driving around and I'm listening to uh, the games on the radio here in the final, it's been very insightful. And, and I think the broadcasts have been really good. I don't know if you had a chance to do any listening on the radio side of things. I really didn't get that chance, especially the last couple of weeks when I was uh, out of town and uh, not in charge of uh, not in charge of the remote either in the car or on uh, the TV set. But I'll certainly make a point next year of uh, paying attention. No, because you know hockey announcers—they're—they're uh, they're very much like baseball announcers. They—they they have a connection with their audiences, uh, especially in baseball, but in hockey as well. The play-by-play guy, the color guy. It's very important that they can connect with their fan base. I think here in Vegas, we're very blessed to have Dave Gosher and Shane Knighty doing the TV and uh, Dan Duva, Gary Lawless on the radio. Uh, Dan, very easy to listen to. Dave is a, a consummate pro. He's probably a Hall of Fame broadcaster when it's all said and done. And he and Shane have a, a tremendous, tremendous Chemistry, You know, Shane worked some of the TNT games in the early rounds, and Dave did some radio uh, nationally. You know, Dave was a radio voice of the Bruins for years before moving over to TV later and then, of course, coming to Vegas to do the Golden Knights on TV from the very start on AT&T Sportsnet. What are your thoughts about uh, – what, what are your thoughts about how important broadcasters are to their fan bases? I think is extremely important, and especially in hockey, because I think hockey is probably the most difficult of the sports to broadcast simply because of the speed of the game. You know, in baseball, you can see plays develop as they're happening. In uh, football, pretty much the same mm-hmm. thing. To a, to a certain extent, basketball is also difficult because of all the quick passing uh, and, and action with the basketball and the fact that, you know, there's no timeout between plays, etc. And I think the same goes for hockey, simply because of the speed the ability to deflect, the the ability to block, and of course uh, the uh, uh, the ability to hold off penalties as well. It, it makes it for a very difficult, I, I, you know, to a certain extent and extent, and you can probably appreciate this too. It's not much unlike horse racing to a great extent, especially as the horses are coming down towards the wire. Mm-hmm. Having an accurate race caller is critical, but but also. The enthusiasm and excitement. And, you know, you listen to the broadcast of the Lightning and the Avalanche from their their home guys, and, and it's a little bit over the top when, when teams score, their teams score. But I also get it, and I also understand why those styles work, especially in Tampa in a non-traditional hockey market where, you know, maybe you need to – artificially generate some enthusiasm within the broadcast. And, uh, you know, Colorado's had it for a while. They've had a team for quite a while now. It's been, what, 26 years since they moved from Quebec City. But I always find it interesting when I'm, like, you know, in the car and I'm listening to different broadcasters around the league. Because remember, when I was covering the Golden Knights, I was, you know, in the rink. So I didn't always get a chance to listen to Dave and Shane or – or Danny and, and uh, Gary, but uh, I always realize how important a good broadcast is to the fan base and to the team. Well, and the other thing we keep in mind is that of the four professional sports, 
hockey is the one that is least played by kids as they grow up. It's, you know, hockey's national sport, but it's the fourth sport in yep. America where the kids grow up, uh, you know, through their teenage and high school and college years playing uh, baseball, basketball, football. So in many ways, the broadcasters also are educating uh, the listeners who cannot relate to it from their uh, personal experience. For example, if, if you watch tennis, you can understand uh, the tennis moves, etc., because you, you may have played it. Same thing in golf, but hockey is a yeah. different type of sport because the fan, well, especially the new fan base that yes. did not follow it, let's say, in our area prior to the Golden Knights, is learning about the nuances. Well, and, and especially in Canada, this is really important up in Canada, you know, where the team's there, and, and also... Let's remember, you know, their national broadcast of Hockey Night in Canada on, on the CBC and, and is, is a big part of, you know, the experience of, of following your team and, and things. So, yeah, I think getting the right guys or gals now, we've had, you know, women come in as analysts and stuff and have done a great job and... Um, I just think it's really an important thing and it can either enhance or kind of take away from the listening experience depending on it. Personally, I enjoy the TNT broadcast far more than I have the ESPN, and I'll tell you why. On on Cadre's goal in overtime, they had no idea if it was in or out. They had no idea whether there were too many men on the ice for for the avalanche. McDonough didn't say it. He wasn't sure if, if the puck was in the net. Ferraro wasn't quite sure, and he's on the ice, so he doesn't have a good view of it. They don't have a another analyst in the booth with McDonough, unlike you know TNT, which had Edzo with with Kenny or, or whoever was with John Forsland, and and then they'd have another guy, whether it was Jonesy or somebody else, you know, on the ice between the benches, behind the glass. I I think it's been this way throughout the playoffs. Um, I know there were Ranger fans complaining about his bias because he's from Boston and he probably grew up hating the Rangers as a Bruins fan. I couldn't tell that as much, but I I just think that for me, I've enjoyed the TNT broadcast more, although I I thought that the the TNT studio show wasn't as good as it could have been. I, I thought way too much... You know, nonsense with Paul Biznet trying to be Charles Barkley. They were trying to replicate to me the the TNT on NBA studio show with with Ernie Johnson, Barkley, Kenny Smith, and Shaq. Did did you feel that way? Well, I can sort of understand it because that NBA show that they have is outstanding and people really relate to it. And sometimes you can take a concept and it works in one sport and it doesn't work in the other. And, you know, from what I'm hearing from you, you believe that that's the case with uh, with the TNT. But you brought up another point, and that's about that uh, goal at, uh, that decided game four. Uh, I think, what was it? It's a non-reviewable play. And I'm, I'm okay with instant replay because I prefer for them to get it right. But I'm not okay with necessarily non-reviewable plays, especially when they have a critical effect on the game. You get something like that in the second period, and uh, it's non-reviewable, okay, but in a, in a situation where it uh, where it determines the outcome of the game, especially, mm-hmm. you want to get that absolutely correct. Wait, would you be a proponent of going back to sudden death overtime in the regular season, or 
keeping the three-on-three overtime and extending it into the playoffs rather than, you know, because it's like you're playing two sets of rules, one for the regular season, one for the postseason. And, and no other sport does that, right? Well, does, well, baseball with this stupid extra inning guy on second base is an is a absolute travesty. But, you know, for hockey to have two sets of rules is stupid in my mind. I never had a problem with the overtime ties going back way back to when there was 60 minutes and that was it. Uh, I certainly don't like the shootout to decide right. games. Uh, I do like the three and three, uh, three on three, because that's exciting, and we often see games decided on the three and three. Now, maybe you want sure. to extend it uh, to maybe ten minutes or however long, or you just eliminate it and go back to the ties. But I don't like the shootout. I li- and I like in the playoffs that they just play until there's a game winner. I mean, I, I still remember that six overtime game. I mean, that's something that you remember for thirty, forty, fifty years. Be the four uh, overtime, uh, the Easter epic, Islanders Capitals, yeah, La Fontaine. Four overtimes, yeah. And it doesn't happen that often that for it to happen every once in a while, it's like a 22-inning baseball game. You're not going to have that every year, but when you do, you just can't match that drama. Yeah, yeah. I think the Yankees and the Tigers had a – it was the anniversary of their 22-inning game back in, was it, 19 – 60-something, 61? I want to say Jack Reed hit a game-winning home run or something. Yeah, he did. He did. I mean uh, – But, um, I mean, yeah. those are fun. Where you, I mean, for the people who attend it, they never forget it, and it's sort of like a badge of honor or a mark of achievement that you got to see it because it's not something you see every day. And, you know, the right. playoffs, they occur as they do every year. Football, you know, you know I'm glad that football finally changed the rule. Uh, and over time? With the overtime, so that it's a fair. You get the same number of possessions, and then the game is over. Uh, baseball, I don't like. Like you mentioned, that's the, of all the rules, I can, you know, DH is okay. Uh, I don't mind if they say, okay, give them first base rather than throw to four pitches. But starting a runner on second base gives an gives an, gives an uneven playing field uh, that favors the road team because the expectation of scoring mm-hmm. uh, with nobody out and a runner on second is greater than one, meaning that you're more likely to score than not score in that situation. And, of course, as a road team, you get to bat and put as many uh, runners across the plate as possible, which could uh, effectively hurt the strategy of what to do in the bottom half of the inning as far as setting up the double play. So, uh, you know, if a guy doubles to start the top of the 10th inning, that's fine. But don't put him right there on second. And I I believe baseball is getting rid of that next year. I hope so, because that's an abomination, in my opinion, and stuff. All right, if you are able to be Gary Bettman for a day and you could change one thing about hockey, what would it be? Tough question, but give it a shot. You said you'd like to eliminate the shootout. Yeah, I, I Maybe think is I that the one? The shootout and increase the three-on-three time. Okay. Uh, go together, so it's really one thing. What about you, Chris? What would you do if you were Bettman for a day and you could Ooh. change and nobody could say no? Ooh, that's a hard one. Uh... I'd probably say, probably bump up either the salary. Like I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I think I want to do something with the salary cap a little bit. I want to fix a little bit of that because I feel like what, it's raise a, it up. Probably raise more? it up a little bit more. Well, just but to it's give all a little revenue bit. driven though. True. But and I mean, if, if you're in COVID mm, and nobody's in your buildings, you're losing you know hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, I don't it's know. Hard it's, to, it's hard. I kind of like how hockey is right now. To be honest, I like I like the shootouts personally. For my for my personal opinion, I like having that moment of oh. Let's see our best shooters go one on one with the best goalie. 
then it did it kind of it makes that moment of if you can't win that game, it comes down yeah. to the best players making the best plays at the I'm, best moments. I'm more with Andy. I'm not a big fan of skills competitions. If you want to have it in your All Star game weekend, that's fine. But I don't think wins and losses that determine whether or not you make the playoffs should be determined by a shootout. But that's also why I like basketball. Game on a home run contest after nine innings. There you go. Actually, some baseball fans might like that, Andy. <laughs> That's true. but uh, I'm not one of them. I'm, and you know what's funny? You know, you're talking about Home Run Derby. It seems like it has taken over as the event at the All-Star Game Week rather than the game itself. The, the game itself is like secondary. People would rather go to Home Run Derby, I think, than, than watch the All-Star Game. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like over the years that he's evolved into the primo event of All-Star Week. I, I think it has, but I also, and I understand that I I, pref- I have always enjoyed the All-Star game, especially before they began interleague play. That was always a lot of fun to get to see guys from the other league that you don't really see now. You know, you and I grow up in New York. Yeah, but everyone plays each other now, so it doesn't matter. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that since we've had interleague play, it's not the same. But we also, I also remember that I am not the target de- demographics of Major League Baseball. Right. And if their studies and surveys show that it's the young kids who they do want to attract, love the home, love the uh, home run derby, I totally understand why they emphasize it. Yeah, it's built more for Chris than for you and I. They're trying to target Chris to get him to come out to the ballpark and buy $30 beers and craft <laughs> beers and, and, and hard seltzer and... What other other crap they try to, to thirty dollars to park like in Oakland, and and stuff. But uh, you know, um, so let's let's put a bow on this thing, Andy. Uh, you're you're convinced, uh, like Chris, that the Avalanche are going to be skating with the Cup tonight when it's all said and done. I wouldn't say convinced, but I consider it the most likely outcome just based upon the things we talked about earlier. Okay, all right, that's fair enough. Well, again, tell everybody. Uh, what you're doing and, and, you know, the logical approach and your proxy service and everything, football season's coming up. And, you know, if you want to get into a contest and you don't live here in Nevada, Andy's your guy. Tell them about what they can do to reach you. Yeah, you do have to be in Nevada to sign up for the various football contests, such as the Circa and the Westgate and the Golden Nugget. Uh, but then you can have a proxy submit your selections on a weekly basis because you can't do that from out of state. Right. I've been doing it for a number of years. If people would like information on that or uh, anything about the football work that I do, they can uh, send me an email at uh, VegasAndy711, V-E-G-A-S-A-N-D-Y-711, at Cox.net, and uh, take a look okay. at uh, the website, thelogicalapproach.com. Each day I put up there a complimentary selection, but I also put up uh, starting pitcher matchups for uh, for every day in Major League Baseball as well that has some good that is information awesome. that folks can use. That's great, Andy. You know, and, and obviously, uh, you know, we worked together at Gaming Today for uh, two and a half years, and it was a, just a wonderful experience uh, being able to work with you, and uh, obviously we've known each other far longer than that, and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning, both on Sportsbook Radio as well as here on Vegas Hockey Hotline. I know Brian, if he were with us, he would love to hear your thoughts uh, that you gave us today on on the sport and and, uh, Game 5 tonight in Denver. So uh, let's see what happens. Enjoy your weekend, and thank you so much again for joining us. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, Steve. I look forward to next time. Thanks so much. There he goes, Andy Isco from The Logical Approach. Uh, Final thoughts from you uh, on the week. We have had a fun week, We've had a really fun week. It's been a blast. I mean, we missed Dana, but uh, 
Data will be back with us on Monday. Yep. And uh, But I'll tell you what, you know, when I think about our week, we had Jesse Granger. We had Stevie Slapshot. Um, we obviously, we had Chuck. We had, we had Mark. Alex Wright. We had Alex Wright. Yeah, I mean, we Andy today. It, it was a fun week. Wasn't Man, it was it? a really fun week, and we had a lot of uh, had a lot of good discussions. Had a lot of good uh, takes. I think this Terry this Fry week, was with Terry us. Terry Fry was with us too this week. Yeah, it's it's been a really good week. I really did. I really did appreciate this whole week, and it was a lot of fun. You were great, buddy. You were great and as well. Thank, and our thanks to all our guests this week who joined us both on Sportsbook Radio and on Vegas Hockey Hotline. It, it was just a, a blast doing it for this week. Look forward to next week. Dana will be back. We'll we'll talk about what might likely have been the uh, parade in Denver. Yep. If not, then uh, we'll see if the the cup got awarded on Sunday in Tampa. Exactly. We might even see Katie and Kyrie get their whole thing situated next week too. So we might even have yes. more of that. So we got a Wouldn't lot coming on for a lot of sports. I'm Absolutely. really excited. Absolutely. Listen, folks. Thank you for staying with us today and every day. We really appreciate it. And uh, for Chris, I'm Steve. Have a wonderful weekend. Be safe. Hydrate like Barry Trotz used to tell us. <laughs> and we'll see you on Monday. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Second period. Dance with skates a flash, the home team trails behind. But they grab the puck and go bursting up and they're down across the line. They storm the trees like bumblebees, they travel like a burning flame. We see them slide the puck inside, it's a 1 1 hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. Where hockey players face off down the rink And the Stanley Cup is all filled up For the champs who win the drink Now the final flick of the hockey stick And the one gigantic scream The puck is in, the Canadians win The good old hockey game Oh, hockey game Is the best game you can name And the best game you can name Is the good old hockey game Oh, the good old hockey game the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game oh the good old hockey game is the best game you can name and the best game you can name is the good old hockey game